Hello and welcome to a very special Odds Checker betting show. We're not previewing any racing this week and I'm only joined by one guest, uh, but I am joined by the man himself, Andy Holding. And rather than trying to find us a couple of winners this week, he's going to be putting up his 12 horses to follow over the course of the flat season. Andy, this is always one of my favourite podcasts, um, always one of my favourite shows I do with you, where my notebook becomes absolutely bulging and it makes the next few weeks uh, particularly exciting. Uh, you know, beginning of May, uh, we've seen most horses have at least one run over the course of the flat season so far. And you've gone for a mixture here, I guess, of some exciting young two-year-olds, a couple of sprinters, a couple of kind of middle distance horses as well. Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest, uh, George. But I think it's quite nice when we have a, a variety of horses to look at. Um, more importantly for the listeners as well, I think some very good two-year-olds that uh, I just want to make everyone aware of have run some really exciting time figures already. And they're likely to be Royal Ascot bound. And talking to Royal Ascot, majority of the others who've had a run and caught my eye in good races also should be heading towards the Royal Meeting as well. So with a few of these, you can probably fiddle around and get a few anti-post prices about um, respective races we're going to talk about. A few of them, the handicaps, probably not so much. Um, but yeah, generally a good spread. Um, nice 12 from five furlongs up to two miles. So um, let's uh, let's begin. Let's get into it. I mean, uh, naturally with this, uh, plenty of these horses have, have, have entry to Royal Alaska and other races around uh, the UK and Ireland. Um, I'm not going to be able to stay on top and, and give you prices for all of them. Uh, but do download the Odds Check app now and you'll find all those Royal Alaska uh, prices up there as well. And I'll do my best to kind of keep my finger on the pulse and get prices wherever we can as well. So do download the app now, as is always the case uh, for the best prices. Book you offers free bets, uh, place terms. And Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing. But if you want his 12 to follow, this is the only place to find it on the Odds Checker betting show. And let's get into it now. And we're starting with a couple of sprinters uh, over the Irish Sea for the first one here. Uh, Power Under Me is your first pick. Yeah, um, decent horse last season as a three-year-old. Ended up winning at Curra uh, at listed level. Uh, it was quite impressive that day on the clock and visually. Um, then he came back the other day at Cork. And he was really, really good um, all the way through, uh, again, at listed level. But it was a much better race than that. There was lots of horses that were basically group group one, group two horses dropping back down to listed level, just basically to dip their toe in the water for the first time to get them um, a run under their belt. And I love the way that Gio Lines' horse hit the, hit the line. He was very strong at the finish. He beat Munista, a horse that got beat next time out. Um, by Romantic Proposal over at uh, Nate, but I don't think there was uh, any disgrace in that. I think Romantic Proposal could easily have been added to this list, George, to be fair. She's a sprinter mm. going places from the Eddie, Eddie Lyman stable. But Minister was rather caught out of her ground, not tracking the pace over on the far side, which was favoured that day. So I do think that form of that cork race is pretty good. Uh, we've had plenty of horses out of that already that have come out and run well subsequently, including Minister and uh, Elliptic the other day. Uh, red red lace wing, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think this horse is certainly ready for Group 2 standard. I think he goes to the Greenlands now, which is on the 21st of May, 10 days away from when we've done this podcast. That's at the Curra track. Obviously, he's got a really good record uh, over. And then hopefully, and it's not always necessarily the case with Joe Lyons because he very, very rarely enter, um, runs his horses over the Irish Sea. But if he comes to Ascot, It'll be all roads leading to the uh, Diamond Jubilee, which is the real test of who's the best at six furlongs. But mm. I think he's going to be one of the better horses over uh, the sprinting trips, i.e. five stroke slash six furlongs in Ireland throughout this season. 
yeah, power under me for the Diamond Jubilee is 25 to 1. Uh, presuming you wouldn't be in a rush to bat that until kind of some, some confirmation that that's where he'll go. Yeah, he's got to go to the Greenlands, win that first before I start thinking about Royal Ascot because, like I say, Joe Lyons is renowned for not wasting bullets. Um, mm. You know, he's a bit like Dermot Weldon in many respects. He likes to keep them on home soil. He doesn't feel the necessity to bring them over unless it's absolutely crucial. He did it with that nice two-year-old of his last season, which I think bombed out in the Dewhurst. But it's it's a very, very rare bird if Gerlines has a run at the Royal Meeting, for instance. He might have one in one of the two-year-old races, but he, it's a tip in itself, put it that way, if he does bring one over. Second horse in your 12 to follow for Ed Walker is Great Ambassador, a horse that over four starts last year improved from a 96-rated horse to 108-rated horse with form figures of 3, 1, 1 and 2. So progressive sprinter here, Andy. Yeah, progressive sprinter and a real special talent. I think Ed Walker's had an embarrassment of riches, hasn't he, in this department for the uh, the last um, season and a half, let's say. Um, he's really done well with his sprinters. Of course, won the July Cup last season with a progressive type. Was it Star, Starman, I think it was? Um, mm-hmm. And Great Ambassador, I think, is going to be the next cab off the rank. Um, I don't think there's that much between them, um, even now, those two aforementioned horses, even though Starman's proven at Group 1 and Great Ambassador's probably only listed horse, theoretically. Um, but he's, he's certainly going into that into the realms of being uh, a top-class sprinter. He was just unlucky in the Air Gold Cup, wasn't his final race of the season. The rain came. He got drawn on the far side. He won his race on the far side, but that pesky Bielsa, who raced alone virtually up the stand side, raised when he picked his pocket. Otherwise, he would have ended his season on a high. Prior to, like I say, he was really good at uh, Newmarket. And don't forget, he's got good Ascot form as well. It's the kind of horse that I like back in Ascot. You know, the horse that's proven at, um, you know, a stiff track like um, like like it is at the Berkshire track. He's, he's certainly worth bearing in mind when it comes to all those big sprint races. Uh, such as the the King Stand, or m- probably more predominantly the the um, the Golden Jubilee. I'm not sure where he's going to start his season off. Starman started his off um, in the Duke of York, and then obviously worked his way through the season. That hasn't been the case with Great Ambassador. Perhaps he's got something else in mind for him, Ed. But he's definitely one when he finally comes out this season to keep on the right side of. A great ambassador, best price, 25 to 1 for the same race as one we mentioned a second ago. Uh, the uh, Platinum Jubilee Stakes, uh, 25 to 1 with Bet365, the second sprinter there for Andy. Uh, we're going to move on now to, um, you know, we spoke on this podcast a couple of weeks ago about how Godolphin had never won a, a Derby or an Oaks trial. There would be many people that put a beaten uh, 11 and 10 favourite in their horses to follow off the back of a, a run at Lingfield the other week, but you saw enough in Walk of Stars' performance to suggest there's more to come. Yeah, I think of all the horses that ran in Derby trials, this was the most eye-catching for me personally anyway. Um, obviously, he had a tall reputation going into that Lingfield race. Uh, courtesy of his um, workmanlike victory, let's say, at Newby, rather than spectacularly mm. when he beat his stabbed companion. I think he, his narrow margin of victory at Newby was down to greenness and um, just basically a little bit of unprofessionalism more than anything else. And I still think he's a work in progress, George. Um, he got beat the other day on merit by United Nations, who caught the eye Epsom the time before, so he's not getting beaten by any mug. The time figure was exceptionally good, even though there was only four runners. Stab a companion um, went off in front and made it a good true gallop. And he was just not quite with it in the early part of the race. He was he was out wide. The other three horses raced on the rail. He raced on the outside. I think Willie Buick could get any cover. And he just spent the first half mile really just taking a bit of a grip. 
an unhealthy mm. grip. And it meant swinging down into the straight, his <clears throat> finishing effort probably wasn't as strong as it what might have been if he would have settled a bit better. But ultimately, I thought it was a really good run. He only got beat half a length by a horse who goes straight to Epsom, so I'm led to believe. And if connections still want to roll the dice with Walker Stars, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't, because New London blew out. Um, they haven't really got a superstar so far, anyway, as far as I could see for the Derby. I mean, we're looking at sort of 16 to 21 there, shortest price. Um, then I do think this this lad's definitely not one to totally write off. Don't forget that Ajidar, last year's Derby winner, was second in this very race last year, almost running a carbon copy race behind th- third realms before he went on to win the Derby. So I think that run at Lingfield would have taught this horse more than um, more than it, it would have done at, at first glance. So even if he doesn't go to the Derby, or even if he gets beat in the Derby, I still think Walker Stars, as the season progresses, he's going to be one of the better middle distance horses because he's a really nice looking horse. Walker Stars, 16 to 1 best price for the Derby. And before we move on, because this is something that I find frustrating myself when I speak to people about racing. And I'm interested to know if you agree with, with horses like Walk of Stars, where they've been beaten, you know, over at Lingfield in a race that's going to prove to be obviously a lot weaker than the Derby, even if, you know, this year's uh, renewal of the Derby doesn't look the strongest. Do you think people get too bogged down in a form figure? People get too bogged down, maybe the fact that, well, he's been beaten this time. So, so why would he go and win a, a race that's more difficult when in, in actuality mm. things can go wrong, especially the track like Lingfield, where if you're caught wide, you know, there's very little you can do to um, to kind of get back on terms. Well, you know, like um, adolescent children, they're, they're, they're all developing all at different stages mm. and, and they all come along and learn differently, don't they? You know, it's, it's, they're like hum- kids, aren't they? It's, some learn everything very, very quickly and others take a whole term to, to come to terms with, um, you know, addition and multiplication. And I think horses are, are just the same learning on the job. You could just see with this horse as well, when he ran at Newbury, he's still a work in progress and, and at, at Lingfield. Um, he just didn't have the experience of United Nations who races a two-year-old and then has had a run this season uh, around a, a, you know, a, a track like, um, like Epson the time before, which taught him a bit about coming down the hill and settling and getting into the rhythm of the race. And I think if they met again, I'd, I'd, I'd expect Walker Stars to turn the form around with him. Um, and it was, like I say, it was, it was a really good trial. The time figure suggested it was bang on par with all those other trials at Chester, you know, the Star of India's year. Uh, changing of the guards and and even you know the good horse of, of um, uh, Ballydors that won on Sunday. Um, there was no uh, favourite for the Derby. Yeah, Stone Age now five to two. Stone favorite. Age, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like I say, numbers wise, they, they were they were right up there. So, um, yeah, like I say, just a lovely scopey type of horse as well. That I'd be I'd be pretty confident that like I say that he would be uh, the one with the most likelihood to improve as the season develops yeah walk of stars there for andy uh, third on the list uh, next up is mal june last seen at kempton a month or so ago um two from two so far for mal june running over a mile last time out yeah really impressed with this fella um on the clock visually the way he won the way he hit the line at kempton he's back in sectionals all suggested to me that he's a group horse in waiting and William Haggis, who, you know, doesn't tilt at windmills too early, unless he feels as though he's got a good one. I mean, he did that with Bayed. He, you know, he chucked him in the deep end after about his third run. Has put this horse in the St. James's Palace Stakes at the Royal Meeting. So he must think that this horse is certainly you know, justified to make that kind of entry after off the back of two runs. And I think he's right as well. 
whether he's good enough to go and win a race like that is open to question, but he's got a ton of class. And um, again, another one I see improving as, as the, the, the season uh, goes along. Um, he, he, physically, he's good to look at. So there's def- definitely development there. Uh, but the engine stare, that, that's the main thing. With the starting point is the times that he's done, the, the engine that he's got, and just his attitude and the way he goes about his work. So Mal Jume was almost one of the first names on the sheet. Mal Jume, one of the first names on the team sheet for these 12 to follow for Andy, um, is 20 to 1 best price currently for the St. James Palace Stakes at Royal Ascot. Uh, there. Uh, Dover Legend next for James Ferguson. You know, we've had some powerhouse trainers already uh, here. One, you know, maybe a, a trainer we're not so used to seeing on these uh, on these lists at the moment, but certainly in Dover Legend has a very promising uh, young horse who's got uh, ran last time at Windsor over mile two, uh, getting shedding that maiden tag as well. What do you see the future holding for Dover Legend? Yeah, again, another race that. Um was good on the time figures, which uh, alerted me to him straight away. Um, he also did the fastest back-end sectional um, on, on that card as well. I think there was eight races that night. And, you know, there was a couple of five furlongs, six furlong sprint races, albeit at a fairly low level. But the fact that a mile and a quarter race was the best three furlong split and also the, the, the time of the race was the fastest overall suggested to me that this could be a very smart horse in the, in the making. Um, he came out of that with a rating of 89, which I think is more than fair. But it was the two horses he beat that day, um, George, which m- leads me to think that it was half a decent race. The horse that finished second of Godolphin's uh, Cosmic something, it was Cosmic Dream, Cosmic Style, something like mm-hmm. that, had run behind New London at um, uh, Newmarket at the time before, finished third. Um, so obviously that that was strong form. And they, Godolphin also had another horse called Aerospace who'd caught the eye first time out at Wolverhampton. That was a very strong favourite. So he was up against two Godolphin horses who dominated the market. One was 11 to 10, the other one was 6 to 4, 2 to 1-ish. And he beat them very easily. Um, And straight away, James Ferguson has decided to put him away for Royal Ascot, not wanting to um, uh, run foul of of ruining that handicap mark of 89. I think he feels as though he's got quite a bit to work with there. Which race he'll end up running at the Royal Meeting, I'm not sure. He's got a choice of two because now there's a mile and a quarter handicap for the three-year-olds as well as the old King George handicap, which has always been the best middle distance handicap sort of midway through the season. Um, so, But he's definitely a name that when Royal Ascot and the betting comes out for either one of those two handicaps, to have a look at his entries and to um, take advantage because I think, I think he'll be a big player on the day. Worth keeping in the notebook there, Dover Legend won uh, for future endeavours, uh, given a mark of 89 after that win at Windsor as well. Uh, on then to uh, Trawlerman, uh, another Godolphin horse, this time trained by John and Thady Godston, um, last seen having been gelded at Chelmsford back in April, uh, winning there. And uh, this was a horse that you know was impressive at Pontefract. I, I think you may have put him up um, next time at, at Sandown then, but you've seen enough in his seasonal reappearance to suggest that to retain the faith. Twice this horse has knocked out massive figures, George, so he's got to be very good. Mm. The only time he blew out was when uh, I say I put him up at Sandown in the Derby trial. But the fact that John at that stage of the season was prepared to run him in a race that nature, he must have thought, you know, he was showing the signs that uh, deserved a, a you know a Group Three entry and to see for whether he was a Derby horse. Obviously, that didn't materialise. He never run again all season. He got gelded in the interim, and then he came back and he was heavily backed at Chelmsford, as you say, in that 
race in April, but they went a real good gallop. There was a proper pace uh, right from the very start. There was no prisoners taken. And this horse took a keen hold. He raced right the way around the outside, no cover. He should have fallen through the back of the telly. Most horses that do that at Chelmsford or any all-weather track that race on the outside with no cover, who are keen, just plain and simply don't finish off their races. This horse was the absolute opposite. He kept running mm. with his head down all the way to the line. He beat a real nice horse, James Ferguson's called uh, USS Michigan. They were well clear of the third. Um, there were some good types in behind uh, who were all well fancied on the day. So I massively upgraded this horse's win. It might have looked as just a mandatory victory to most. He'll, you know, he scrambled down by you know a, a half a length. But as I said, he, if he would have finished fifth or sixth, you couldn't have argued. But the fact that he actually went on to win was a real feather in his cap. Um, I think he's a group horse. I have no doubt about that. John thinks that. I think that's the way he'll be thinking for the rest of the season. But he has only got a mark of 98. So if he still wanted to exploit it in handicap company, he could. I saw he had an entry at York this week in a handicap. So he's probably going to give him one more run in that in that sphere before maybe thinking um, group races. So he might save him for Royal Ascot. And he does go well fresh. So... Just bear that in mind if he if he if he hangs hangs far and, and doesn't run him for a little while. But um, again, another one that on everything he's done so far and the sample we've only had five sample sizes. He's he's a he's a very smart horse on his day. Chawler man on his day. Um, you know the, he's looked through the form figure so far three three one six one. Uh, clearly, a horse it doesn't always show up when he does. Andy convinced he's a group horse uh, entered into the Hardwick. A Royal Ascot, but as you say, a mark of 98 means it could well be uh, a handicap is the next engagement for Trawler Man. Uh, on from Trawler Man to Enemy, a horse running over two miles last time we saw him for Ian Williams. Uh, this, you know, I think the the long the long distance horse uh, in your 12 to follow here, Andy. Um, where do you see Enemy going? Uh, what's impressed you so far? Just one win in four runs so far for Ian Williams. Yeah, well, first and foremost, he's trained by one of my favourite handlers in, in the game, Ian Williams. I think, I think he's right up there with some of the best dual-purpose um, handlers around. Uh, from five furlong sprinters, um, you know, we can have a horse that wins the Epsom dash up to two milers, in, including this fella, Enemy, and three-mile chasers as well. So, um, you know, give him any horse, he, he can pretty much lend his hand to anything. And I was really impressed with Enemy at Musselburgh when he made his um, UK debut. Of course, he'd been out in Maidan, um, Prior to that, he ran behind Manambo of um, Godolphins in, in one of their decent races. But since they've stepped him up in trip, don't forget John Gosden campaigned him in and around a mile. He hasn't looked back. He's, he's looked a really good also over staying trips. Like I said, he was good on the clock at Musselburgh. Then he went to the Cigaro, which might have seen a bit of a, a fanciful entry. But I think he would have won that easily had he got a clear run. He, I mean, he spent the whole length of the straight at, um, at the Berkshire track screaming for room. Couldn't get a run. And in the end, he had to play second or even third fiddle in the end to Princess Zoe. But that's the kind of horse he was up against that he might face, let's say, further down the line in, a, in an Ascot Gold Cup. Um, whether that will materialise, I don't know. Whether he stays in around mile six, two miles, um, he's open to question because I don't think the Gold Cup's two and a half. But um, I think he's a stayer of some promise. I'm not suggesting for a minute he's going to be up there in the true chance to a various category right at this very moment in time. But he's certainly going to be good enough to be competitive and. I could say I think he's 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 building himself up or working himself into that middle to top echelon quite quite quickly. So he's one that I suggest we keep on the right side of. Yeah, enemy often with these longer distance horses it does take time to come into their own. An enemy 
one that's caught Andy's eye. Uh, yeah, as we say, ran over two miles last time out. An entry for the Ascot Gold Cup. Um, price, I think, is about uh, 20 to 1 uh, as it stands at the moment. I'll just confirm that shortly. Um, yeah, 20 to 1 best price. The short's kind of 14 to 1 elsewhere. So the secret might be a little bit out there. Uh, 20 to 1 uh, for the Ascot Gold Cup for Enemy. Uh, high fibre next up for Rafe Beckett. And he's seen uh, back in April seasonal reappearance at a new market, beating a nose by Educator. Yeah, I, t- I tipped him up that day and I felt as though he was the best horse in the race, even though he ended up getting beaten by Educator. He swept to the front three out, travelling all over the field, went probably two or three lengths clear. And he just got tired. You could see him just run out of petrol in the last hundred yards. And he got done by Educator, who was given a real strong ride by Tom Marquand to get up. I think both of them were real rascal bound. Uh, Educator obviously being the Queen's also definitely being one of those handicaps. And High Fibre might be up up against him. I, I see him as a King George handicap horse. Um, I think that's the race he'll definitely end up in. Um, he hasn't run since and he hasn't got an entry. Um, he hasn't had a, a single entry since. So whether we go straight to the Royal Meeting or they give him one more run, I don't know. But he's definitely going to get a mile and a half sooner rather than later. That was a mile and a quarter the other day. Uh, but I think with that run under his belt, you see a totally different horse, a much fitter horse next time out. It was only fitness that caught him out. As I said, he travelled like the best horse in the race. And he's definitely trained on from two to three, which is sometimes not always the case. Um, so, yeah, high fibre, again, another solid handicap project in the three, three-year-old staying category. Staying handicaps for high fibre then. Uh, and that is, we're through eight in your 12 to follow. And we're going to package the last four up, Andy, because the last four... You know, those who, who've spent there, um, who've listened dutifully, who've, who've stayed the course to this stage are going to get rewarded now because this is uh, this is two-year-old time. And of course, you know, anyone who's who doesn't know Andy should know that you have your speed figures. You know, this is where, in my opinion, you're, you're the best of the lot with these uh, horses that have had one or two runs and, and you can kind of analyse their performances and uh, what is a small sample size better than most. And uh, you picked out four two-year-olds who, in your opinion, are the best so far but and also for those who maybe don't know much about your your kind of um speed figures and the rest of it maybe just an explanation of what the ratings mean and then you can analyze the four horses yeah similar to probably juvenile hurdlers um um in the winter george i probably specialize in this category more than most i spend the most time analyzing and watching them the numbers mean a, a lot more because um you know they, they stand out if, if you've got a a, a a two-year-old that runs beyond a 90 time figure which is our sort of line in the sand then you know that they're very much in sort of royal ascot stroke group category um straight off the bat so these four that i'm going to mention here are, are the only four that have run a 90 or upwards so far this season there's been a lot of good horses there's been a lot of impressive looking horses that you know everyone's gone wow that that must be a good two-year-old but they haven't actually confirmed it on the clock whereas these four have all gone beyond our sort of real ticking uh, tick the box. Uh, so, therefore, I think we should keep them on the right side of until, until Royal Ascot. Well, let's have a look at them then. Um, we got, should we start with the two that, that raced in the same race um, yep. last week on Saturday? Uh, an Ascot maiden that saw a noble style fill uh, finish, uh, ahead, uh, was a length and three quarters ahead of a wall bank. Uh, Wallbank, you gave a positive mention for ahead of the Ascot weekend. Uh, a, a proper breeze up horse looked to be, uh, you know, hit the front and looked to be impressive before the Godolphin horse really flew around the outside and got past him. Uh, and you, your figures are telling you this is 
a, a stronger maiden than usual, even by Ascot standards. Yeah, as I say, we talked about this race, didn't we, without having the knowledge of um, how they might go. Um, and now we've seen what they can do. They they backed up all our, our beliefs before, and we, we thought they were nicely bred and had been doing some good work in breeze-ups, et cetera, et cetera, and had tall reputations. Noble Stoller was very strongly backed on the day, and boy, oh boy, did he um, justify that opinion with a, a scintillating performance, a very strong time figure for the grade, um, redemption time, the horse with experience took them along at a good pace. And then once Wallbank hit the front over over two out or just over a furlong out, Noble Star came and blew by him in, in really impressive fashion. His back end three furlong sectionals are incredibly good. The overall time was uh, one of the best on the card. Not the best, but right up there. A 93 time figure, which is only bettered once last season long by uh, Native Trail, who won the National yeah. Stakes. He did a 94 when he won the National Stakes. No other two-year-old last season ran an, uh, beyond a 94. This fellow's done it first time up, first time out, um, you know, with uh, running through with greenness still, still in his system. So he's got to be very, very good to be, to be able to do that. The fact that he's done it at Ascot as well, bodes well for the Raw meeting. Which race he'll end up running in depends on how he trains between now and then, what race he wins next, whether he, you know, he runs over five again or over six, or what other horses Godolphin have got better than him, or, or you know, with a little bit more of a, a stamina-laden pedigree. I don't know, but either way, if he goes to Royal Ascot, he's got to be a massive player off the back of that run, and so is the, and so is the second. Yeah, both Noble Star and Wallbank, big players at Ascot if they get there. Amazing to hear Noble Star putting in such a performance on debut. Uh, we'll look then back to uh, Persian Force ran in the first <laughs> two-year-old race of the of the campaign back on the 26th of March in the Brocklesby, and not much has has uh, proven themselves so far in your book to be any better than Persian Force. No, he's still the top dog. Um, he he ran a mighty time figure um, first time up in in the Brocklesby. By, you know, by and large, the Brocklesby's worked out really well. The second and third have won, and plenty of other horses further down the line have run well since. Uh, and I mean, he could he could not have won any easier as well. I mean, he was so professional, so impressive. His 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 back end work was incredibly good. He could have gone even quicker. This fella did a 94. So Noble Star did a 93. This fella did a 94, which hasn't been surpassed. It won't be surpassed going into the Royal Meet, and this will definitely be the quickest horse going into the Royal Meeting off that number. He's due to run at sat on Saturday at Newbury in what looks on paper a real mouth-watering affair. This will be the best race going uh, going around town on, on Newbury on Saturday. He's up against Holgan, who was <clears> impressive first time out, uh, clocked an 88. He's up against Kasib, who won at Salisbury the other day, did an 89. And he's up against that Tajala that won very impressively at Newmarket. But his time figure wasn't anywhere near as good as uh, the uh, other three I've mentioned. But I think Persian Force is very much up there with the very best of these. I'd expect him to win. And that race is over six furlongs. So if he does win it and win it well, which I expect, then all roads will lead to the Coventry. If, for instance, he gets beaten, he doesn't quite get the trip. And I think they've got the likes of the Norfolk and the Windsor Castle to drop back on. Um, but I don't expect him to win, to get beat. I, th- I think he's a very, very smart colt. Probably the best I've seen so far this season. Um and yeah, I'm expecting big things for him in the early part of the year. I think he's very good. Given the strength of this Newbury um, 
race on Saturday because uh, I, I know you know as you say a couple of the horses that currently entered in against Persian Force stack up pretty well in your time figures as well would you be looking at that as a positive and that you might get a bit of a price up Persian Force or is it maybe a no bet race because you have respect for the other horses in it it'll be interesting to see how they price up I mean you're, you've only got to look and see what price he is in in the in his respective races at um, Royal Ascot I think he's seven to one for the Coventry six to one for the Norfolk so he is favoured or very close to favourite in those two aforementioned races at the Raw meeting. So uh, he should be theoretically favourite to win at Newbury. Um, I don't need to be odds on. He can't possibly be odds on up against Holgan and, and Kasib and Tajala. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he, he'll take a bit of beating. I think um, the Hannans have got a very good one with him. And finally, the final of the 12, another two-year-old uh, for connections I normally associate with tough Mark Johnson two-year-olds, but instead we've got a exciting-looking Carl Burke two-year-old from in dramatised uh, last scene winning a couple of weeks ago at, at Newmarket. Yeah, the best filly so far of five furlongs by a mile is dramatised. Uh, she had bright speed all the way through her Newmarket win, quickened on demand. Again, back-end sectionals are very good, backing up that fast overall 91 time figure. Again, not too far off the Colts. Um, she skips the Mary Gate on Friday, which I think is the race of the season so far. Regards to us, that that Mary Gate on Friday is absolutely a humdinger, by the way. Mm. Um, it's going to take some sorting out that because all the best fillies apart from um, Dramatise are in it. Uh, but um, yeah, she she's exceptionally good, she's exceptionally fast. She's proven herself uh, over a, a stiff five furlongs, and I think um, something like the Queen Mary's tailor made for Dramatise. Going to get a Queen Mary price um, before we leave you uh, for dramatised. Not quick enough off the mark. Five to one best Five price. To one now, yeah. right. Five to one dramatised. You've taken all the sixes, Andy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there we go. There we have it. Andy Holdings, 12 to follow for the flat season. Uh, we have, uh, just to recap, uh, Power Under Me, Great Ambassador, Walk of Stars, Maljoom, Doville Legend, Trawler Man, Enemy, High Fiber, Persian Force, Noble Style, Warbank, and Dramatize, the final one. Four two-year-olds at the end there. I would definitely stick those in your tracker. Uh, thank you very much to Andy for sharing his thoughts with us on the, on the Odds Checker betting show. Please do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel and the podcast on any podcast platform as well. You can find plenty more preview content with Andy and other guests on the Odds Checker Betting Show Racing Weekly to return shortly as well, which is very exciting indeed. Do download the Odds Checker app as ever for the best prices and plenty other bits and bobs, as well as Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing. Stick those horses in your tracker. Hopefully we'll be celebrating some big wins at Royal Ascot and beyond with them as well. But as always the case, please ensure that you're gambling responsibly.